You're listening to the I'm in my 20s podcast, a candid documentation of making the best of our 20s. My name is May, and I am a 20-something with a passion for personal development and living life to its absolute fullest. So let's do this together. If I don't approach her and say, hey, I I'm, I love you, I am attracted to you, you're going to regret. And I, I, that feeling of regret was so shitty, but... Honestly, that's a very small scale compared to regretting not pursuing the career that you're interested in or not pursuing a project that you're interested in or trying out some things like side projects like YouTube and Instagram, you know, freelancing. I don't like to regret and I don't want to sit in my deathbed or like lie down in my deathbed saying, yeah, like, fuck, I wish I tried this. I wish I tried that. And I wish I went to travel this or I wish I could have said, um, I don't know, I love you to my parents more. You know, I don't want that regret. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of 2023. Happy New Year. I don't know how many times. Do you, okay, do you guys ever think about like, by what point is it too late to be saying Happy New Year? Like, working at my corporate job, I've been sending Happy New Year in every single email I've been sending out. And I'm thinking to myself, at what point does this get too old? Is it Jan 15th? Is it already too old? I don't know. But anyways, welcome back to the podcast, guys. I am so excited. And you can probably tell I'm so full of energy because, I mean, one, holiday break was amazing. Got to see so many great people. And two, I actually spent the past week, it's currently Jan 10th, building out these systems for myself for 2023. And I am feeling so incredibly inspired, driven, motivated. And I know that all that is fluffy, but I have full confidence that with these systems, this podcast is going to be the bomb this year. Like, the bomb. <laughs> and instead of telling you, why don't I just show you? I mean, it's already always been the bomb, but let's kick it off with an incredible episode with Joe, Joe Cho. And in this episode today, we are talking about how to create your own luck, how to strategically take risk in your life in areas of investment, career, building streams of income, and your relationships to ultimately minimize regret by the end of your life. And this covers so many topics, and I think it's the perfect setup to the start of the year. We cover things in investments such as how to find your investment risk appetite and build a strategy that works out, including tools that you could use. Career, such as what it's like to restart your career from scratch, compare yourself to other people, how to navigate the mental aspect of juggling your career, especially in a turbulent time like this. In income, our experience tackling with side hustles, the reason behind experimenting, juggling risk in all of that as well, and why it's something that you could consider trying out for yourself this year, perhaps. And lastly, but definitely not the least important, is relationships, working on emotional growth, how healing family relationships played out in our lives. We also share a lot of more personal stories, like our biggest investing mistakes, what we learned from that, and so much more. Lots of practical tips, reverse engineering, other tools for you to take into this year and make it the best one yet. But what I love most about this conversation is, guys, the fact that this is actually the first time me and Joe properly sat down and had a conversation like this. And throughout the episode, you can truly hear it in my voice just how mind blown I was. I was like, wow, that is amazing. That is so good. That's an amazing point. So that's just a testament to the quality of the content that we discuss in this episode and truly the idea. So sit down with a good cup of tea or take a walk, do a workout, be prepared to get motivated, to get inspired and enjoy. Also, I apologize for the atrocious audio quality on my end. I was recording this at a bubble tea shop. Don't ask me why, but Joe's audio is all good. So let's go. 
All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I believe this is going to be one of the first episodes that we're launching for year 2023. So I'm excited to be sitting down and chatting with a very inspiring guest that I think may be motivating you guys to make the best of your upcoming year. And I know I'm really excited for this conversation. So I have Joe Cho on the podcast with me today. So Joe, without further ado, can you give our listeners an introduction of who you are, maybe how old you are, and a little bit of background on what you do? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for the introduction, Meg. Um, but for the listeners out there, my name is Joe Cho, and I currently work as a portfolio operations analyst at Kennecourt Genuity. Um, but outside of my working hours, I work as a freelance personal trainer um, in Vancouver and North Vancouver. I'm currently 26. I moved to Vancouver when I was little. I graduated high school here, studied in the States, and came back to Vancouver for a full-time position. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. So um, let's talk a little bit about like kind of how we connected. And I do want to share why I invited you on in the first place. So I believe we actually met at our mutual friend's party back then. And then since then, we connected on Instagram. And I've just been really inspired by the content you've been putting out. So do you want to talk a little bit about just the content that you share and, and kind of like what goes on behind that and why you choose to pump out content in that niche? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's crazy how things work out because I met you at a party and now I'm a, I'm a guest at your podcast here. Um, on my Instagram, I usually cover contents that are uh, self-development focused, so motivational um, relationship with self as well as fitness because I believe that they all go hand in hand with each other. Yeah, I think it's um it's really funny how we made that connection and I think it just goes to show that it doesn't really matter where you end up meeting people. And we were probably both like kind of drunk when we met each other in like a party setting too. But then you end up connecting. You're like, oh my goodness, like this person's into like certain things like self-development, fitness. And I just remember seeing like you had like a YouTube channel as well that you were um, sharing about. And you're also making like Instagram reels right now. And the content that you post, like I really, really resonate with. So that's partly why I wanted to like reach out to you and have you share a little bit about your story. And something that I noticed is very inspiring is you mentioned that you're a freelance personal trainer. And I also see that you share a lot of parts of your own fitness journey um, through the content that you create. So can you share with our listeners maybe like what went on behind the scenes, like in terms of your fitness journey, like what inspired you to take charge in taking care of your health and perhaps like achieving certain goals in the fitness and bodybuilding space? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's very interesting. I started uh, I started working out not for the health benefits, but, all, but I started working out to feel more confident. Um, to give the listeners a little more background about myself, I was, I used to be a very skinny kid in high school and I was bullied a lot. You know, um, the high school was Caucasian dominant. So I feel like as an Asian male growing up in this environment, I my puberty hit pretty late. So um, I was not confident about my body. I, I was not confident, confident about how I looked. So that's what got me into fitness. But throughout the universities and, you know, after graduation, uh, working full time as a professional, I realized that fitness is just more than building confidence, but also for a way for me to release my stress. And um, that actually led me to pursue a goal that's above my comfort zone. So I ended up competing at a bodybuilding competition in 2022. 
Wow, a bodybuilding competition. That's insane. I think I remember seeing some like photos and videos of how that went. So generally, how was that experience for you? Was it like a big milestone in your life? Yeah, so bodybuilding competition, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I met a lot of interesting people and motivating people throughout the journey. I made a lot of gym friends and um, especially when it comes to knowledge, it helps a lot with my freelancing as a personal trainer. I have gained a lot of knowledge in the areas of working out like different muscle muscle groups as well as the nutrition knowledge that is critical for bodybuilding competition. Oh, that's super awesome. Thanks for sharing. Uh, I mean, I have so many questions that I want to like go into just from this alone, but I know that we have like certain categories that we want to cover. So like, let's jump into that. I know that a theme that we want to touch on um, with you today, Joe, is the theme of risk and also probably discipline, like sprinkled in with like all these various areas of your life. And I know we had broken down into a couple categories. So why don't we start off by, I guess before we go into the categories, like Joe, how would you define risk and why do you think that is something that's important to think about when it comes to approaching like different parts of your life right i think um i would assume that your audience is you know somewhere in between the 20s early 20s to like late 20s and i can't stress enough that after consume i'm also a self-development content freak i consume a lot of self-development videos books you name it i love sharing the content with people around me. And the general theme that I have gotten from consuming a lot of this content is that in your 20s, it's the perfect time for you to take your risk. Um, and what and how I define risk is doing something that's outside of your comfort zone. And it all comes with a strategy as well, um, which we can dive into a little bit deeper later. But I believe that, you know, by taking risk, you're putting yourself outside of, of your comfort zone, you're learning new skill, or you're developing yourself personally, and you're adding on and accruing that experience throughout so that you're constantly moving up and above. Mm-hmm. That's so well said, and I couldn't agree more. I too am like a big consumer of self-development content, and I do see that, that theme I'm talked about so much, especially for advice pertaining to like making the best of your life, especially when you're young and in your 20s. So that's definitely huge. And I really like what you said about how it helps you build experience and also just pushes you beyond your comfort zone. So I guess the first one we want to touch on is the area of investment. So can you talk a little bit about how risk looks like in terms of your investments and how you manage that in your life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is a very interesting topic, in my opinion. Um, I think as when the when the COVID hit, so when we were under lockdown and um, etc., we were exposed to a lot of different investment opportunity, and I feel like we have really spent more time researching about you know cryptocurrencies, investment products, and um, other alternative investment vehicles that you could invest in to grow your assets. Because who doesn't want to drive a Lambo? Who doesn't want to drive a Rari, right? We all want it. We will all we all want that financial freedom, and we look for a short, quick, and easy way to make money. Um, to put it in short, right? But when it comes to investment strategies, um, for me, I'm a long-term investment guy, um, mainly because I have been learning about this type of stuff in my university. And basically, what I want to say is that um, when it comes to investing strategy, when it comes to investment strategy, it really depends on your risk appetite. 
and how I what I mean by risk appetite is that um, just quickly diving into the details um, stocks and equities they're pretty risky compared to bonds and um, high interest savings account and considering alternative investment assets like cryptocurrencies they're way more risky than um, stocks and normal stocks that you would see uh, in your um, you know trading platforms there is so much that I want to talk about this in this area so right now in my head I'm like okay how can I bring this down to make it easier and easier to understand <laughs> but um, I think the main point that I want to say is as a long-term investment guy you want to focus on investments um, this is my strategy as a long-term investment person you want to focus on diversifying your assets so that you are kind of getting that constant um, acceptable returns and um, on top of that you want to take a satellite approach where you're spending capital that you're okay with losing with something riskier assets such as cryptocurrencies or it could be penny penny stocks and, and uh, growth stocks mm. I think that's a really good good way to approach it and I think I personally um, have like struggled with this like throughout my finance journey as well and I did have a phase where I was just so high risk with my investments that I ended up like putting money that I wasn't prepared to lose into certain stocks and crypto and losing like a massive chunk of that which I wasn't emotionally like prepared for and there's like the other end where there was a time where I was too safe and I wasn't taking any of this because I was so traumatized from losing the money that I ended up just like dumping everything in like the simplest thing not touching it and not even dollar cost averaging and then I was like oh like if I just took a more balanced approach I think I would have actually you know built myself a cushion but also been able to ride the train like when it comes to higher risk but higher reward return so would you say that this is like a very personal approach depending on the risk appetite and personally like how do you um find that formula for yourself do you have like, an equation on how exactly you split the riskier versus non-risky assets yeah yeah absolutely and um i think this is going to be a general theme that we're going to be discussing today um which would be risking something that you're okay with losing um, I think that's going to be applying, that's going to be the general principle with the conversation today. Um, I just wanted to give the les listeners heads up on that. And when it comes to breaking down your um, asset categories or the breakdown of your securities for your own portfolio, um, it does really depend on your risk appetite. So in your 20s, you could be taking more risk by investing in more growth stocks rather than having um you know, residual dividends coming in every month through bonds or lower risk stocks. Um, but personally, for me, I take a 60-40 approach, uh, which would be 60% um, fixed income. So there would be some something safer like bonds and such. And 40% would be equities. Um, I could be focusing on or that could be broken down into tech, uh, real estate, staples energy and such mm. okay got it that's very helpful for you to like kind of show your breakdown as well and i'm curious like when did you start being really mindful about your money and your investments like did you learn from a mentor or was this something that you just decided on rather early on that you had to take more control over right um this is definitely a personal question um but for me i i reverse engineered my goal and s steps for this one so let's say okay by age of 60, I want to have $100 million in my account that's um, liquid, right? 
So from that point, I broke down reverse engineered saying, okay, um, probably one of the best way would be to build real estate or grow your real estate portfolio. But in order to get to that point, you want your seed uh, funding. You, you need your seed capital. So what I did was I reached out to a financial advisor because I'm in this finance um, and wealth management industry already. So it was quite accessible for me to find a professional in this field. Um, so I've been working with Kelsey Smart. She's located in North Van um, for about two, three years already. And I've started building my portfolio when I started my full-time job. But obviously, if you're currently a student, you can still start out with your TFSA if you're living in Canada and um, with your part-time job if you have one. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I like that you shared that you um, you even got a financial advisor. I feel like for some reason that advice is so rare nowadays. It's like um, a lot of YouTubers and teachers you. Sometimes they even tell you exactly what stocks that you should be picking to like quote-unquote become rich and become a millionaire. But I think your advice is like very nice and practical because it shows like... You, you, there's never going to be a stage where you're going to know everything. And it, it is always helpful to seek some sort of professional advice and just use your own, I guess, due diligence and research to choose that. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Is it loud? Um, no, it's, it's, it's a little loud, but I can still <laughs> <Okay>. hear you well. <laughs> okay, awesome. And so I guess last question, like on the investment front, like you did mention earlier, um, just the theme of being okay with losing certain things in order to like gain other things. I think you worded it better. Um, it'll probably come back to me later, but have you had any experiences like in the investments and finance world where you quote unquote like made a mistake and then you had to learn and recover from that mistake? Yeah, um, I definitely did. So I think the one of the main important event that happened in my life was a um, crypto currency mistake or basically like a scammed cryptocurrency experience um it's a pretty yeah no um you know you really need to do your due diligence and um gotta really understand the technology behind it you can't just ride the wave of the current trends that are you know spoken within the community I, I don't think i'll be disclosing the amount itself but it was a pretty big amount and um, basically what happened was I had to work a second job in order to make up for the financial loss. Um, and also the mental impact was the biggest part. You know, if you, if you're down bad with such, um, you know, scamming event or where you have lost a lot of money or some people, they take out loans or leverage their investments to take more risk, but that could turn out to be a bigger loss. So the mental impact is really, really important because, you know, you're so young and you're like, you're thinking that you have basically messed up your life. Um, you could have bought something more, you know, meaningful with that money. Um, you could have blamed yourself for not doing enough due diligence and such. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it was a necessary learning experience for me to really hone in on the due diligence and not to be over not to be too overconfident with my investment decision. Gotcha. Thank you so much for sharing, Joe. Like, that's actually honestly really comforting for me to hear. And I'm sure it is for our listeners too, because, um, and to my listeners, like, if you have followed my podcast, you probably know that I went through like a very similar experience. It wasn't with crypto, but it was with GameStop. And I lost like a lot of money. I mean, I don't need to disclose the exact figure, but it was like five figures worth of money. 
and it was like all of my own hard-earned money. So I definitely sympathize and like feel the pain that you probably went through um, when you went through that loss as well. But just like you said, it is a very necessary like learning experience through that. And I'm glad that we're both able to look at that experience in high- hindsight and think about how we're grateful for it, as opposed to thinking that it knocked us down. Because right now we're obviously both in a place where we're a lot more um, financially conscious and risk conscious and have learned lessons that are going to help us out for the rest of our lives when it comes to making financial and investment decisions. So that is a very valuable experience. And it's it's actually really comforting here that you went through something similar. And the more I talk to people, the more I realize it's, it's a way more common experience than you think. So yeah, we're definitely not alone in that. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're going through that, it's, it's definitely very dark, but um, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you, Joe. Now, the next topic that we want to touch on is in the career front. Can you talk a little bit about um, maybe a little bit about your career journey and how exactly you went about taking risk in that space? Right. Um, when it comes to risk in career, I believe that it it's tailored more towards the path that you take and the investments that you make in yourself. Um, to give you a background information about myself, um, I studied finance and sustainable energy at Boston University, and I wanted to find a job in renewable energy area because I want to work towards sustainability and I want my career to focus um, on the societal good rather than just you know something that pays a lot or pays well for your job. But obviously with the um, visa situation, it didn't really work out well in the States. So for me, I came back to Vancouver and I applied to just a bunch of different positions in um, in the field of finance. So um, after I landed my first role in Vancouver um, as a uh, digital integration specialist, um, it's it's a fancy word for basically business analyst where I help the company implement um, software for their compliance related reasons, related work. And I currently work as a portfolio operations analyst. But cutting to the main point, when when it comes to taking risks um, in your field of career, obviously this is more tailored towards people who are in business, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a musician, it would be a different type of risk. Um, but for the people who are working in the field of business, investments uh, or risks would be, you know, paying money, paying saved money for a certification courses. Um, You could invest in um, certification courses that are worth thousands of dollars, or you could sign up for online um, school classes to develop your skills more. Bringing back the point of taking a sizable risk, the cost of courses are very different, right? So if you're going for online grad school, it could be six figures, right? Depending on where you go. Versus if you're taking um, smaller certifications or if you're preparing for a CFA, each exam is about $1,000, right? But if you have a lot of assets in your bank account or if you have a lot of capital in your bank account, these thousands of dollars is is not really that risky for you. But let's say you are already in student debt and you want to go to grad school and grad school is expensive. So -hmm. that's a very big risk for you to take. So... If you're tight on money, I would recommend taking certifications because those are more bite-sizable risk that you could take to develop your career rather than jumping straight into grad school because that's what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very helpful. I, I like that you kind of like contextualize like for those nerds to think about um, 
kind of what kind of risk that they can afford to take and you gave some very practical routes for each one so that's very helpful so for you what do you think like was moving back to vancouver like one of the bigger risks that that brought you to where you are now or like how was that experience for you emotionally i guess like taking risk in your career overall and how did you deal with the uncertainty of right um as as you may uh, agree with me if you have went to school at a certain specific city let's say if you went to school in vancouver you're most likely to have built your professional network in vancouver yes. but if you went to study in toronto you would have built your professional network in toronto so for me i studied in boston and i built a lot of my network around boston and i had a strong community there but coming back to vancouver um not able to find a job in the States for me, it was a big failure. It was a mm. fat L for me because, you know, um, I was going after that American dream. I had my own mission. You know, my parents supported me uh, throughout the university. So I feel like I had a lot to give back to my parents, but I came back, you know, unemployed in Vancouver, having to start from scratch again mm -hmm. without any network. So when that happened, it was very daunting. It wasn't a fun time. and. Um, this is where self-help self books helped quite a lot because it helped me accept the journey that I was going through and that this is a necessary risk that I need to take because, you know, without the visa in the States, I'm actually getting deported. So it's, it's given that I need to come back to Vancouver. It was definitely tough um, starting from scratch again, but hey, I'm, I'm still working at it, right? So we're here today and things work out. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for sharing. I think like in life, like as much as we can plan, we can't plan for for the curveballs, like the uncertainties of having to move back to to a certain place and not getting a job in a place that you dreamt of getting a job. So it's nice to hear that you're navigating that, and along the way, you're able to find self help and help you and push through that and just trust the process. So I think like in hindsight, in my life as well, like I never would have imagined I'd be exactly where I am right now, like even two years ago. I didn't even know my current job even existed. So sometimes like trusting the process, you end up in places that you like originally, like your, your old self wouldn't even imagine that you would be like, who knows, maybe you wouldn't be like in a bodybuilding competition if you ended up getting a job in the States, right? Or you, maybe you never would have gone into self-help and been so like, you know, keen on your fitness journey and just your mental well-being and everything. So um, yeah, thanks so, thanks so much for sharing. I fully believe that like we're kind of exactly where we're meant to be and even though the road that led here isn't exactly a straight road that you're able to like look back and make the best of everything that happened. So that's pretty inspiring. Thanks for sharing. I guess like the last question I have in the career front is for, I guess our listeners um, who are in a place where maybe they want to get somewhere with their career and they just don't really know if they're going to get to a certain place. Like for example, a certain company, a certain job, a certain level of income and they're just filled with uncertainty especially in today's uh, market the recession so many layoffs so many hiring freezes and everything what kind of advice would you tell to these listeners that are going through that stage of uncertainty right now? when it comes to that question i think there's there are two types of answers that i could give um, the first one would be emotional answer and then the second one would be something uh critical answer or actual steps that you could take to improve your situation mm -hmm. so the first answer my emotional answer to that would be that you're not alone um and everybody else although you know your friends they might they may look like they're bawling with their 
well-paying career or you know they might be doing well with whatever they're going through but nobody's perfect and they're fighting their own battles and you don't know what they what kind of behind the work that they have put in to get mm-hmm. to where they are so you know it is it is very comforting to know that you're not alone in the journey and that um, you'd be proud of yourself when you're done and going arriving at the place that you want to be um, so as long as you don't quit I believe that I'm a firm believer that you will get there um, and when it comes to actual answer on feedbacks on how you can get to where you want um, for me I have mentioned briefly that I want to work in the in the field of sustainability where I'm helping with the societal good right and I'm also not there but these are the steps that I'm currently taking to get to where I want to be um, mm-hmm. the first one would be the would be networking with individuals in that area so go on LinkedIn if you don't have a LinkedIn account create an account search up the companies that you're interested in look up people in positions that you want to be reached out and just you know write a so- short and sweet message and say hey I want to get to know um, what you do or what your journey looks like. I want to hear about your day-to-day. Set up a call, set up a coffee chat, and then um, that's your that's your network. The second one is build necessary skills, such as certifications, if you're not in that field already. So I want to be in the ESG field, but I don't have ESG experience. But I am pursuing ESG-related certifications to boost my resume and to show my passion that I'm serious about where I want to go. And then the third one would be to um, to look for opportunities in that field, obviously, right? So you gotta go on your Indeed, gotta go on LinkedIn, apply to jobs, um, and go through go through the experience of taking on interviews and build your story. You know, um, no no experience is bad experience, right? So, however you tie up your story together, it, you know, it could be just, you know. A mix of everything it could it could be you know part-time here full-time there you know gap year here traveled here but as long as you tie that story well together and sell it to the recruiter you're in a good position so i really want to emphasize that no experience is bad experience mm-hmm, 100%. that's all really solid advice and i especially love your advice about no experience and bad experience because I often get asked by younger students saying, oh my gosh, like I want to break into marketing, I want to break into sales or account management, but I have no experience in that. And then I would like go back and ask like, hey, like what have you done otherwise? Like extracurriculars, jobs, projects. And in every single experience, there is always something that you can find and you can always paint the picture for you to be best fit for the certain job that you're looking for. So that's a really great point, and I hope that our listeners can really internalize that advice and use it to their advantage because I certainly did that, and it sounds like the path that you're on, you're going to be doing that too. And something I really like also about the advice that you gave is that you're focusing on stuff like within your control, like building your network. Like there's no limit to the people that you can reach out to, the quality of your coffee chat and connections, that's in your control, the skills that you build, that's totally in your control. So there's this quote, I heard something about like, um, there's no such thing as luck, but luck comes to people that are the best prepared or something like that. So I feel like if you put yourself in the position where you're best prepared, when the right time comes with the right opportunity, then you're just going to be able to ride that wave up. So yeah, I, I love the advice that you gave. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I actually want to build on to that. So, um, you know, like you just mentioned about being prepared so that 
the luck comes your way and whatever, right? So it actually really happens. So as long as you're constantly improving yourself, your opportunity will come. And if you're prepared, you will really take advantage of that opportunity. But once that opportunity shows up and you prepare yourself very last minute, uh, sorry, you played yourself, right? You need to prepare a little bit earlier. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's like not being too attached to a certain opportunity coming at like a certain point in time or a certain company, but having that preparedness and trusting that the right one will come at the right time at exactly the time that you're ready. So yeah, that's really good and comforting for, for us to hear, like not just for our listeners, I hope, but also for myself as well. So thank you for that. Now, I want to move on to the third topic, which is, I guess, building multiple sources of income. So I'm curious to hear about this because I guess like we haven't like spoken too much about this in your journey yet. So can you share with our listeners like what that looks like for you and how risk plays out in that category? Right. Absolutely. Um, I think I have one failure experience and one um, positive experience with the multiple source of income. So obviously we all want to be financially free we don't want to be stressing out about money and we want to provide the best for whoever's around us or for our family and we get that and um i i think one of the failures that i faced was that again going back to taking risk that's bite sizable um on top of the motivational and the fitness instagram social media content that i share i also have started my youtube journey in hopes of uh, monetizing my channel and monetizing my brand and I, my and my identity. That's awesome. So in order to do that, I have invested in a camera camera equipment. I have invested in Adobe Premiere Pro subscription, where I pay monthly payments, and I have um, you know invested my time, which is you know more expensive than money. Mm-hmm. Let's say, or you know, I would actually trade my time for money, but you know. You know what I mean. But so basically, I took on by sizable risk. So the $40 on Adobe plan, that is, I'm okay with taking that. Um, camera equipment, I'm okay with paying for the budget uh, for the camera and the, all the equipments. And the time, you know, I that's all I have right now. In, in my 20s, I have all my times that I have. So I, you know, tried out the YouTube um, platform for it two or three years and it didn't really work out but because it's a bite-sizable risk that i'm okay with losing i'm okay with actually just walking away from it um and you know also adding on to the point of no experience is bad experience Mm -hmm. from practicing the youtube channel i have learned how to really build video content that um has trickled down to my uh, instagram reels production um, as well as storytelling. So um, I, I don't think I'm doing as at my best job right now describing my journey, but uh, I'm more comfortable speaking with Meg right now because I have taken such experience and journey to um, tell a story. So mm-hmm. that's, um, <laughs> thank you. So that's my failure um, in YouTube career. I don't think I'll be a YouTube star just yet. <laughs> Who knows? I may come back. And the second source of income that, I, that I'm doing right now would be um, a personal training. So in order to t- become a personal trainer, obviously you need to have a uh, passion for fitness and wanting to help people with, the, with their fitness journey. But I, have also, I had also taken steps to get my personal trainer license. You also need to pay for your professional insurance 
um, policies. So just in case your clients get injured, you need to pay or you, you, need, you, need, you may be liable for it. So you, you need to be insured for your practice. You need to find gym location that you're going to train out of. And you're going to have to run marketing fees to run your ads for your business. Because if you're starting out, your book of clients is very small. So this one is, again, it's a bite-sizable risk that I'm okay with taking. You know, the personal trainer license, the certification course, it was like $1,000. Insurance is probably $200 per year. And, you know, the gym equipment rentals and whatnot, marketing fees, I'm okay with, you know, taking that sunk cost, right? So, and I have actually have uh, two clients right now, and I'm, you know, advertising my business a little more to gain more clients um, if i'm trying to create a different source of income let's say online store with all the money that i had you know that would be a very risky move because if i fail that venture if i fail that business i'll be down bad right you know i had lost all my income i have lost all my savings and honestly the mental aspects of it i'll be down bad i'd be very depressed and sad for sure Right. So um, I, I think what I'm trying to say with multiple sources of income is that as you try on ventures or side hustles um, from smaller scale to bigger scale, you're building experience and characteristics and knowledge that's necessary to build your business bigger in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you're interested in you know creating multiple sources of income, I would recommend starting small, you know, build your business skills. It's very different from the books that we learned from school. And yeah, you become a successful business leader before you know it. Awesome stuff. Thanks so much for sharing. I I like that um, you talked about things that you tried out that didn't have too much of a loss where you would be super devastated if it didn't work out. And really like that you reframed anything, including your YouTube quote unquote failure, which I would say is actually success because you learned so many skills from it. And now you're able to make reels and, and have such like great conversations on podcasts like this one. So everything, like you said earlier, can be translated into something transferable for your future self. So even if you don't attain your original goal, like you're on the right path and, and that's really, really awesome. So thank you so much for sharing. And I went through like similar things as well. Um, listeners, if you follow my podcast since 2020, you probably know I experimented with YouTube as well, experimented with like e-commerce. And even though it was like a net, like financial, probably like net zero or net negative, like financial loss and definitely like a lot of time invested, like it built skills for me and it built resilience and it built time management. Just so many skills that, like you said, you can't learn from school and that you kind of have to learn um, by going into the trenches and just taking that initiative to study on your own. So I really like admire that self-starting um, attitude that you have. So I guess like a follow-up question to this is, how do you find like the motivation to focus on these like self-starting projects? Because obviously nobody's telling you to do YouTube or nobody's telling you to do TikTok or become a personal trainer. So, how do you motivate yourself or what is the reason why you want to build multiple sources of income to begin with? Right. I think um, this is a great question too. And I, I don't know what the audience is like, but I immigrating to Canada from um, South Korea, it was a eye-opening experience. And my parents have been nothing but the number one fan of my journey. And they have been provided a lot of support, which I am very thankful for. So when it comes to staying motivated or disciplined, um, I also have a time where I just want to quit, you know, just take it easy mm-hmm. and go on a 
backpacking trip or go on a vacation and just really let myself go. But there are two things that stops me from just yoloing and enjoying my life. And that would be one, um, fear of regret. Uh, I hate to regret Ooh. something. So, uh, and I basically learned from this from like uh, elementary school sweetheart, right? Yeah. You know, if I don't, if I don't approach her and say, "Hey, I, I'm, I love you. I am attracted to you," you're gonna regret. And I, I, that feeling of regret was so shitty. But honestly, that's a very small scale compared to regretting not pursuing the career that you're interested in or not pursuing a project that you're interested in. Or trying out some things like side projects like YouTube and Instagram, you know, freelancing. I don't like to regret and I don't want to sit in my deathbed or like wow. lie down in my deathbed saying, yeah, like, fuck, I wish I tried this. I wish I tried that. And I wish I went to travel this or I wish I could have said, um, I don't know, I love you to my parents more. Aww. You know, I don't want that regret. So that's really main driver of discipline for me. And then the second part is um, I want to provide the most for my family. Uh, that would be my parents and my future family that I would be mm -hmm. responsible for. So I don't want to be in that situation where my kids say, hey, dad, I want to go study in Europe to pursue music. I don't want to be that parent where I say, oh, I'm so sorry. I cannot afford mm -hmm. for you to chase your dreams, right? I think... It'll be very shitty to be in that situation. And um, yeah, I just want to provide the most to my family. So I think mm -hmm. knowing that um, it takes time to build your assets, knowing that it takes time to build your career and taking time to mature, that's why it really gets me to think that, okay, I need to start taking actions today rather than tomorrow because I just want to improve myself by at least 0.01 every day mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah. for sure yeah i really i really like that approach i think that's a very very mature way to think about things because you're considering like what do you want to have achieved by the time you're like a certain age in the future as opposed to what do you want to feel right now instantly gratifying and i find it really interesting that in our 20s and i'm sure you see this too joe like there's such a big like I guess, how do you, how do you put it? Like a big spectrum of the way that people like approach life. Like, do I just like enjoy life right now? And just like, you know, like I guess fuck off and just like go travel and drink and, and do everything that I want right now, because right now is all the time I have. Or do I like put my head down so hard that I'm delaying all that enjoyment for like a later time in my life. I mean, I'm in the personal boat that I think you should like find a good balance in between. And I think it sounds like you're kind of like in that middle ground as well but with a good focus on what you want to have achieved for your future self and minimizing that regret. So that's really inspiring. And the analogy I think you said about like, what do you want to like be proud of yourself for having achieved? Like by the time you're on your deathbed, I think that's very important to think about. So yeah, maybe like it's uncomfortable to think about, but maybe like our listeners can think about like, hey, when you're on your deathbed, what would you have regretted not done instead of like, what would you have regret, I guess, done right because i think there's more stuff that you would regret not trying because if you never gave something a shot you never know how far it could have gotten or what what could have like come out of that so that is super inspiring stuff thank you so much joe is there anything else you want to share in the front of like building like income or motivation or just the entrepreneurial side of things before we move on to the last category um 
No, I, I, I guess if I were to add one thing, it would be that, you know, we want to be happy, right? And everybody wants to be happy by the, by the end of their lifetime. And I think in order for us to be happy, really just have to accept the journey that we're going through, but also reduce the amount of regret and really think ahead on what you would possibly regret on because you know yourself the best, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, reflect on it, think about it and you know, figure out what you would re- regret on and what you would possibly regret on and work on that area. Mm-hmm. So true. It's like a very personal experience and I don't think anyone can tell any particular person what exactly that they have to do because everyone's, everyone has a personal um, thought on what they themselves want to achieve. So that's a really great point for sure. So right. the last one I just want to touch on for this podcast is the topic of relationships. So I'm curious about that because we just have the word relationships. So do you mean like romantic relationships, friendships, family? I guess I'm interested in hearing um, what your take is on taking risk in the relationship space. Right. I think, um, oh, sorry, not I think. Um, so taking risk in your relationship <laughs> in your 20s would be focusing on your family members and your romantic partner. Um, and what I mean by that is this is really the time in our year or time in our life to really hone in on our emotional skills and abilities. And why do I think this is important? Well, you know, if you have grown up in an Asian household, um, I don't know about you, Maggie, you, you seem to be very happy with your family members, but yeah. my dad, my dad, he does not express his emotions at all. He's a oh, very wow. stone cold guy, you know, growing up when I was a kid, he just, he's a, he's a, He's a very scary dad. He was very scary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he wasn't really showing any of his sad emotions and whatnot. Um, And, you know, I, I, I like to have conversation with my mom more than my dad. So I know that my relationship is stronger with my mom than my dad. And again, going back to taking risk, I know for sure that I'll regret if I don't fix my relationship with my dad by the time mm-hmm. that I'm old. And um, I don't know if you have seen the graph chart. So spending family time in your 20s, or it's a, it shows a lifetime of how much family time you spend in a graph from zero oh, to 100. And the family time decreases dramatically in your 20s, right? After you graduate, after you start working, how often do you really see your parents or how often do you hang out with your family and go on travel right? Our parents are getting old. They're physically and mentally less sharp now. So um, take Mm -hmm. a risk. If you have a bad relationship with your parents, you know, be, you know, take the high ground and, you know, duck your head, go in and say, hey, dad, hey, mom, I love you, right? Yeah. So that's what I mean by um, building your relationship or taking a risk in your relationship. And also take financial investments in your emotions as well right so in in our 20s this is where we develop our emotional self as well so you know sign up for therapy you know really honing on your emotions by the time that you meet your great partner that you want to spend the rest of your life with you don't want to have emotional baggage or like when you're killing it out there you know let's say meg you want to be the best i don't know consultant in the world if you're thriving but if you're crashing every weekend because of your emotions, 
you know, you don't want to do that in your 30s and your 40s. I feel like crashing with your emotions, emotions is more for 20s. You know, obviously people go through divorce and such, and they would go through other traumatic events that may cause triggers. But, you know, in your 20s, it's it's really you need to spend time honing in your emotions so that you can have a happier family in the future and also have a good romantic relationship. Um, Yeah, so... That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. 100%. That, that's so well said. And I think the family one is super, super touching. It's like uh, this juggle of like, oh my gosh, I want to go live my life. I want to go build my life. But at the same time, like this is the age where my parents are aging and my family is aging. And I want to share share the joy with them too. So I really like that you brought up it's a good time to really focus on mending those relationships. Because um, I feel like by the time we're in like early mid twenties, I would hope that we're also like all mature enough at the stage where we are able to approach those things with more, I guess, <laughs> more wisdom and comfort as opposed to when we were a teenager. So this is the time to mend that and really share that with our families. So that's very touching, and I hope things are going well with your dad, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> yeah. Wishing you the best. Uh, thanks. You know, it actually have improved a lot. Um, I, I, you know, thinking back. Um, when our parents are raising us, they didn't have internet, they didn't have resources like we do today. So mm-hmm. taking that into consideration, it really makes your heart open up a little more because they just didn't have that resources. And now we do today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. It's like taking that stance of empathy and remembering that, hey, like we didn't grow up in the same environment. And it's our parents first time being parents as well. So giving that is giving them that empathy and um, like you mentioned earlier, I guess like it does look like me and my family are super happy now, but we definitely weren't always like this. Like we went through like a lot of shit in the past and it took many, many years of rebuilding that relationship and like family therapy and understanding each other to get to the point where we're finally like, okay, now we can have peace and open communication. So there is work that goes on behind every um, seemingly super, super happy relationship, especially when it comes to family, because you can't exactly choose your family, right? So. <laughs> bridging that gap is a big challenge and the second point you said about like relationships that's so true like i think you mentioned that and like um, correct me if i'm wrong but like you want to have built like the right emotional intelligence and like have healed yourself emotionally so that when the right like romantic partner or i guess career opportunity comes around that you're emotionally prepared to take that on is that kind of the message that you're getting yeah yeah absolutely that's um that's exactly what i was trying to say um you know, I, I think some of you guys have, or some of you guys may agree that you may have came across a great person, but you're just full of red flags, right? So we don't want <laughs> that situation. We don't want to, you know, we, we don't want to send out like raging red flags all over you. You want to <laughs> understand your red flags and fix that for your partner. Because if you have, if you better yourself, if you become a better partner, you will attract a better partner, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Once you become that person, you automatically attract them. Like, this reminds me of that meme or that TikTok I saw where it's like that feel when you meet the perfect person, but now you're the person with all the red flags. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> that is, that's a prime meme right there. I know, right? And it's like way too real. Like, it's funny, but it's also so real. So, it's like kind of coming full circle, just like what we were saying about like the career stuff. Like, you want to put yourself where you are fully prepared so that when the best opportunity comes around, you can actually handle like that opportunity. So I think that goes for career, relationships, like 
finance, like entrepreneurship, it applies to everything. So that is a really, really great point. <laughs> is that another question I have with you um, for relationships? Like, I guess what what made you so much more mindful about relationships? And I think like I admire that about you because I think sometimes like in the entrepreneurial space, especially, you can get so caught up on I want to build income, I want to build my skills, I want to work on my fitness. That there's this whole messaging around, hey, you gotta like self isolate and like focus on it, like be like the top one percent and cut people out, and that kind of puts certain people in a space where they're so isolated that they don't have anyone to share that with. So, how do you personally like draw that balance between having discipline, working on yourself and your income and your fitness and well being, while also making time for your friends and family? How do you prioritize um, both at the same time? Right. So balancing your um, professional life as well as your friends, um, it's it's definitely tough and tough, and everybody has different boundaries on that time zone. So if I put it into a perspective on measurable unit, so let's say each person has hundred units available to spend their time on. It could be their career, it could be family. For me, I could be happy with putting seventy in my work, thirty in my family and friends. For you, it could be 50-50, who knows, right? But you gotta be able to find that time or you gotta be able to find that boundary and express that boundary to the people around you so that they don't isolate you. So they say, hey, or or you could simply say, hey, I'm working on a project that I'm really passionate about. Um, I I really wanna hang out with you, but I don't have the time to hang out. Maybe we can schedule um, time ahead of time, right? So for our podcasts, like, the one that we're having conversation right now, we booked this time in advance, right? So I think it this really falls down to your time management skills. And um, as long as you have your time management skills down, you'll be able to set boundaries where it feels healthy for you. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, I didn't even think of that as an answer. So I think that's really, really enlightening for me to hear, actually, like the, the whole factor of boundaries in this whole thing. And I think the fact that if you're able to know your boundaries and communicate that, that you don't necessarily have to sacrifice way too much of your relationship just in in order to focus on your craft. So it's all about that communication, that transparency, so that if you do go full focus mode, that your family doesn't think that you don't care about them. Because you do. And sometimes you have to focus on yourself too. And as long as they understand that, that's that's exactly where... Um, where it needs to be. So thanks for sharing. That's a very practical tip and really good way to look at things that I actually haven't really heard for a long time. So that's very helpful for me to hear as well. I'm glad. Is there anything else in the um, relationships category, I guess, that you want to share before we kind of wrap up the conversation and I ask you for some more general life advice? Well, I think when it comes to relationships, um, nobody is a great communicator in the beginning you know you gotta go through that heartbreaks you gotta go through that bad relationships good relationships to figure out your relationship style and really develop your emotional language as well on how you communicate with your partner but um yeah i think relationship is a really meaningful part of my life you know once i really feel like i have made it in my career I want to have my close friends and family nearby to celebrate together rather than kind of enjoying the big house by yourself. Ooh, what a powerful, <laughs> what a powerful visualization. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Imagine having made it, having like 
the biggest house ever, having like all the money, like being able to buy all the expenses. But then you look back and like your loved ones and they're all like gone. You don't have a significant other and your friends don't talk to you anymore. Like that'd be so sad. So you're, you're so right. It's like having that balance and making sure to like share that life with them as well. So yeah, I think this is something I'm like personally also working through right now. Like, the struggle of like career versus family and I am planning to like relocate to Toronto for my career next year and I'm very intentional of like okay when I do move to a city that is so fast paced and probably more career focused how do I intentionally carve time out for my family and that go back, goes back to what you said about time management it's like sometimes you will have to put in that extra effort to make time to speak to people that aren't in the same city anymore and that you don't see on a regular basis anymore so yeah, I think effort goes into everything, including relationships, as well as that intentionality. So, yeah, thank you so much again for sharing those <laughs> tips and the advice. It's been really helpful so far. Of course, I'm, I'm excited for your journey. Um, what are you going to do in Toronto? Yeah, so I am planning to go there because I've basically been growing up and living in Vancouver like my entire life, like when I was two years old. And so it's been like 22 years of living in the same city. And honestly, a big part of it is just for my independence and my personal development and to see what it's like to live in a city um, by myself, apart from that family, and just do adult things on my own. And honestly, just a change of pace as well. And it kind of goes back to like what you said about like regret minimization. And I think about how like when I'm like 30, maybe even like my like 40, 50, and I look back and if I stayed in the same city for the for my entire life, I know for a fact that I would regret it. So it's like the whole thought of when do I make that move? Why not now? Why do I have to wait until I reach a certain milestone in my age or in my career? Right. So yeah, that's the thought process behind that. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, ex- I'm very excited. <laughs> thank for you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. So this has been like a really great conversation. And I just guess I want to tie it back to like the whole theme of being in your 20s. And I think you covered um, so many great areas that all 20-somethings should be thinking about right now. And I really admire that you're able to balance the intentionality you have in all of these areas. I think that is a very, like, that's a hard feat to achieve because sometimes we get so narrow focused on one aspect that we neglect the other. But it looks like you have, you have so much good intention, intentional balance in all four of these areas and take all of them into consideration at the same time. So that's really, really awesome. So I guess what advice would you give to someone who's just entering their 20s? And this doesn't have to be pertaining to any of these areas. It can be just anything, just general life advice for, I guess, navigating your 20s and not knowing what's laying ahead. Right. I think um, if you're just about to navigate in your 20s, um, or if I were to give myself the same advice, um, just give if I were to time travel, um, give my older Joe, who's 20 years old, just about to you know start out. I would recommend mm-hmm. that um, short-term pleasures can be very lucrative and attractive, but um, mm-hmm. make sure that you stay true to yourself. Um, just remind yourself what you're after. Think of that big picture. And also just experience a lot of new things. So it doesn't have to be um, vacation or partying or going somewhere new it could be try something new like try volunteering try um, you know walking to school instead of driving I don't know try waking up at 5 a.m. and going out for a run try running your own business try reading a new book try talking to strangers try you know 
new things. And once you continue to try those new experiences, you get to have a better understanding about yourself and you really get to understand who you are. And I feel like that's what we're all trying to do in our 20s, trying to understand who we are, what we want to do and what we want really in life versus what's been feeding us of an idea of what kind of life you should live. Wow, that's really, really good advice. Thank you, Joe. Damn. Take a moment to like let that simmer <laughs> in. I think that's really good advice to hear at like any age to be completely honest. Like not just your twenties, even if you're like in your forties or fifties, like I think life what keeps life so exciting is the fact that you are actually the driver of your own ship. And like you said, you're the one that has the freedom to try these things. Like you mentioned, like try waking up at five AM, try starting your own business. Like What's the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? There's like unlimited upside in that. And as for the downside, there's there's not really any. It's like you gave it a shot and if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But like you said, in the whole process, you're learning more about yourself. And I think that's really what keeps life exciting. And not having to like succumb to a certain like ideal outcome of what being an adult should look like, like a certain job or you have to drive a certain car or health. Because those are goals that societies telling you to set those are things that people are telling you will make you a more desirable person or a more successful person but ultimately like what does that look like for you as an individual right so i guess like to turn this question back to you joe like for you what does success look like for you personally minus all the things that society is telling you will make you a quote-unquote successful person what does success personally mean for you i think um I think success to me would be um, self-acceptance, um, self-happiness, self-respect, right? And keeping promises that I've made myself. Um, I know that, you know, nice cars, yeah. nice house, nice watch will give me a, a temporary feeling of success, but um, you will end up wanting more and you will need to fill up that void with more expensive shit, basically. But if you are really self-accepting and proud of your journey, um, I'm not there yet, obviously. I, I, I really have a lot to build on my career at the moment. But once I really look back and say, wow, Joe, you had an amazing journey and you tried your best to not to lose out on those most important things in your life, you know, I'll be, I'll be my deathbed. I'll be like, damn, that was a successful life. You know, I'm okay with closing my eyes now you know i think that would be success in my opinion wow that is so beautiful thank you so much for sharing i really like that piece about like i think self-integrity for me is like a big thing for me as well it's following through on like what i set out to do and just staying true to myself and, and my own values and everything you know focus on these things where like by the time you're like you said on your deathbed you're not going to regret it because you live your life to yourself as opposed to a life that other people expect expected you to live so that's a really, really good wrap up to this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Meg, for being such a great host. And you've been gassing me up with so many uh, compliments about my <laughs> ideology and my how I approach my discipline. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you so much for taking time and your talent to share um, people's voices to the fellow ponies. Aww. yeah no worries and i'm not not, not just guessing off like you honestly like you deserve all that like i i feel like this is our first time like really sitting down to have a conversation about all these topics so like to our listeners like i was learning from joe at the same time that you guys were listening to this podcast as well so i truly am super inspired and i think like the lessons that you shared are are really good to always keep in mind throughout throughout your 20s so 
this is a great refresher for the new year. And I feel more excited and motivated to tackle 2023 and beyond than ever before. So thank you for that. And before we wrap up the podcast, if our listeners want to like reach out to you or like follow your work or your content, where can they find you online? Oh, perfect. Um, my final plug-in for my self-promo. Um, you can find me at Instagram at VanCityJojo. So that's V-A-N-C-I-T-Y-J-O-J-O underline uh, fitness on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or you can visit my fitness trainer website at www.VanCityJojoFitness.com. Awesome. Thank you. I will have that link down in the show notes and description for you guys to check out those work. Thank you so much again, Joe. This has been a really great conversation and I'm sure our listeners are very, very thankful for that too. So yeah, with that being said, I guess happy holidays depending when people are listening to this and (laughs) hope everyone has a wonderful new year and is feeling inspired to take on 2023. Yeah, thank you, Meg. And um, thank you everyone for listening. You're not alone. We're all out here trying our best. So um, stay put, greet it out and um, we'll be happy. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. See, what did I tell you guys? I was genuinely so mind blown throughout this entire conversation. I kept going, wow. And I truly was not exaggerating. Joe brought up some really good points. And even if some of them may sound so simple, and if you're in the self development community, like both Joe and I are, you may hear these messages. But it's one thing to hear something and another thing to fully internalize it. And also repetition is key. So just because you hear a message once doesn't mean that that's the only time you need to hear it. Oftentimes you hear something, you're like, ah, that sounds great. And then you completely forget about it and you completely don't apply it to your life at all until you hear it again at a time where it's more relevant to your life. And you're like, oh, that really resonates. But, you know, until you take those aspirations, take those lessons, take those insights and translate them into some sort of system or or habits or something tangible for you to actually create it in your current reality, it is only going to stay just an idea. And I hope that this episode inspired some of you guys to take action in certain parts of your life, whether that be investments, be your career, be building other streams of income or in your relationships or just your life overall. And I challenge you before you close this episode to think of at least three things that you can do either right now or this week to move you forward on those goals. Take inspired action. Like if you felt inspired after listening to this, I want you to turn that inspiration into some sort of action. You know that cheesy old statistic, you probably heard a billion times, or maybe I do because I'm in the self-development community. I hear it all the time where if you actually write down your goals, you are a meg- like a ginormous percentage more likely to achieve it than if you were to just think about a goal and then not write it down. So really materialize those goals, write them down, create a system, create habits. And that's my challenge to you is today or this week, do at least three things to move the needle forward on whatever you felt inspired to do after listening to this episode. Maybe a change. Maybe it's calling up your family to tell them you love them. Maybe it's doing research to start up a side hustle. Maybe it's finally opening up your investment account. You know, there's so many things that you can do to make a change right now. And also guys, just because it is the new year doesn't mean that this is the only time in like your life 
and not the lights in the year to make a change and i know you hear that a lot too probably this whole thing of i don't believe in new year's resolutions because honestly guys i don't but you know what i do believe in though i believe in using this energy as powerful <laughs> sorry excuse me powerful momentum to shift you forward in the right direction but that momentum can't just be like a splurge of energy that dies by february this momentum needs to turn into actionable systems and goals that you will sustain for the rest of the year and the rest of your life so this new year energy is powerful but it's 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 deceptive just because you make your resolution doesn't mean it's going to come true so you need to action it that's the whole point that i want to drill home for you guys today and right now jan 10 so i spoke briefly in the intro of this um, podcast where i said i created these systems i'm real excited for what it's going to create for this year and i'm actually real excited to test that out so I actually created this all in Notion. This is not sponsored, unfortunately. I genuinely love Notion. And when I first um, found out about Notion, I think three years ago, I actually went ham creating like these pages and sub pages and databases, organized my whole life on Notion. But you know what I fell into the trap of? I fell into the trap of productivity porn you know what that means i was creating beautiful spreads for the sake of creating beautiful spreads i was creating all these systems for the sake of creating systems and that's where the mistake is because if you create things for the sake of like oh it's gonna look pretty or oh it's making me feel productive that's productivity porn that's not actual productivity and so what i did um in the first two weeks of january is i went back into my notion and i actually gave it like a massive cleanse like i Thanos that shit that's such an old reference but I snapped that thing in half got rid archived all the pages that I don't use and probably will never actually use and I recreated pages with very very simplified systems that will require minimal updating and only need me to go in there and update and track things when I actually need to for example my gym program is in there my morning routine is in there my weekly agenda that I will look at every single day and update every single day is in there and I created task kanbans for my work my career development and my real estate goals so that's kind of like what I did in these first two weeks of Jan um, recovering from the craziness of the holidays and I'm so grateful to be back here productive and just actually focusing on these goals and most importantly having a confident system that i can fall back on when i am in doubt it minimizes decision fatigue so many benefits anyways i don't want to turn this into a whole nother episode but i guess my point here is really take inspired action and make systems out of it make it all tangible whether that's making it on notion time blocking your calendar um whatever it is you gotta take action so That is it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you guys have had a wonderful start to 2023 so far or wherever, whenever you are listening to this. Appreciate you guys very much. Give us a follow on Instagram at I'm in my 20s to stay up to date to the podcast and I look forward to releasing many more episodes this year for you guys and speak to you guys again very soon. Bye!